Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, everyone. Sandman here. Today's video is brought to you by a donation that I got a while back from Tommy. And here's a question that I got from Tommy, and he wanted me to answer it. First, I'll read his question. Greetings from Norway, Sandman. I first want to say that I think you're doing a great job and have helped me, along with other people such as Paul Elam and Girl Writes What, to more properly understand the chain of events in my childhood. I hold you no obligation of doing a video for my donation, but I do want to share this general story with you, as well as suggest a topic for a video at the end of this message. When I was around six or seven years old, my parents got divorced. Anyone with a reasonable insight would agree that this was for the best, as my parents were verbally fighting for most of their time spent together. However, what happened as a result of the divorce has puzzled me ever since I reached the age of 15 to 16, which was about five to six years ago, without leaving open an apparent answer. Before I found MGTOW and MRA, my parents were never abusive towards me or my brother, and as such, they should have no more or less equal claim to being our primary caretakers, something both said they were interested in, with resources being the only factor to differentiate them. Here's where the story goes into what I think you can safely call a cliché in Western society. My mother had a less paying job than my father, had no car and no education, both of which my father has. However, instead of letting us be raised by our father, we were to be raised by our mother and my dad had to take time out of his day to drive her to work until such a time as she had her own car. Over the next five years or so, my mother jumped from boyfriend to boyfriend trying to find a stable figure for herself and for us. At that point, she was introduced to a man that I will call Bill, a 40-year-old bachelor with a nice car and house and plenty of disposable income. In retrospect, I cannot for the life of me understand why he fell for my mother, especially with so many other men having done away with her before he came into the picture. All the while, my father had the role of a glorified visitor, to use a phrase that I picked up from Girl Writes What. As the years with Bill in the house went on, he became a source of stability for both myself and my brother. But now I do despise one of the things he helped drill into my head since the start of my early teens. He unabashedly took the side of my mother in every conflict that arose on my father, making it hard for me to continue the relationship I had with my father something I take my share of responsibility for, for not trying harder, naturally. But this isn't the topic that I hoped that you could cover. But this did provide the understanding and the first row seat that has basically led me to become a MGTOW. So you can be glad that your message is getting through to even us younger, self-deluded, and mostly inexperienced men as well. My mother kept us away from our father to a large degree, and would, while not constantly mention his shortcomings, semi-frequently, usually after we spent the weekends, as in every other weekend with him, having a great time. In essence, she was trying to rewrite the man in her image. This activity is something I see from feminists, manginas, and white knights when it comes to history at large, as well as in smaller situations, like rape accusations. 
And I was thinking that this is very similar to the attempted rewiring of history I typically associate with religious apologists, whom I had engaged for a while before starting to get my eyes open about feminism. I'm starting to think that feminism is replacing the old religions. Anyway, my question is related to another subject I spent some time with, which is religion. Specifically, the similarity between organized religion and feminism. Both have their in-group, the bearers and the sacred vajayjay, their cop-out, the patriarchy moves in mysterious ways, and their inherent sinful nature, men are all rapists waiting to come out, or some other variation of men equals bad. Given that organized religion is losing traction in many industrialized lands, while feminism has been strongly rising, do you think that feminism is the faith of the modern world? Well, thanks for your question, Tommy. I think your observation that feminism is the new religion is a very valid one. Feminism is certainly dogmatic and preachy, and it promises heaven on earth for women while promoting the idea that white males are the great white Satan. They say that all men are rapists, or potential rapists, and that we're all going to feminist hell, i.e. prison, because we objectify women and oppress them. Satan is, or was supposedly fighting with God for the souls of human beings. Feminists say that men are fighting for control over women's bodies. The parallels are striking. And they say that men are always out to objectify them. The objectification of women can be seen as the worship of false idols. Feminists want to say that men are not respecting the real woman, the person inside the body, but are instead worshipping the female form itself, and that in a way it's sinful for men to give in to human nature. They are confusing objectification with biological imperatives. They don't see that when a man admires the female form, he's usually subconsciously desiring to procreate with her. It's coded into his DNA to seek out physically attractive females and want to impregnate them. The last time a woman said, all men are pigs, I jumped up and said, well, if all men are pigs, and they come from women, then women are just pigs wearing lipstick. After saying that, I was no longer popular at that particular dinner party. Anyways, feminism is a belief system based on faith. It's based on the faith that all men are pigs and rapists, and male behavior is evil, and that men should be thrown under the bus for women's sake. Feminism and consumerism also go hand in hand. Women got the right to vote in North America in the early 20th century as the rise of the consumer economy was happening. And that's no coincidence, and the two go basically hand in hand. Women became liberated, and what they did was go on a shopping spree in the 1920s. I don't blame women for wanting washing machines, stoves, fridges, irons, and other time-saving devices in the early 20th century. Early feminism was likely promoted by people wanting women to have purchasing control in the household so that they would go out and purchase the surplus goods in society using debt. The feminist religion doesn't question debt and consumerism. If anything, it seems to support the banking system, which they don't seem to question as part of the patriarchy. Yet I rarely hear them talk about how the banking system is raping the financial future of both males and females. Why don't the feminists talk about the amount of debt swirling around, or why women are becoming debt serfs by taking out huge debt to get into university for degrees such as art therapy or women's studies? My belief is that because of the prevalence of feminists in education, they want women to pay at the sacrificial altar of feminism in the form of tuition expenses and fees. Why else would they create courses like women's studies to justify themselves a nice salary? In some cases, women are getting into debt to the tunes of hundreds of thousands of dollars for their women's studies degrees. Feminism, much like other religions before it, has become institutionalized and corrupt. 
and I predict that much like the church, it will be increasingly abandoned in the future. Feminism is also having its own version of the Inquisition right now, by claiming that Elliot Roger was an MRA. Part of that Inquisition is also to attack the men's rights movement, as well as MGTOW. I think one of the reasons that the men's rights movement is gaining strength is because of men going their own way. The very idea that men should go their own way, and then come together to fight feminism, and then disband once again, basically allows men the freedom to come and go as they wish. I know many other MGTOWs visiting my YouTube channel also enjoy watching men's rights YouTube channels as well, but we also have our home base, which is MGTOW. MGTOWs are a large, passive-aggressive group of men, and the men's rights movement is a small, active group of men with the occasional woman that take on feminists head-on. Resistance movements are not about winning, but they are about attacking an enemy and throwing them off balance long enough for other larger enemies to show up and take them on. The French resistance in World War II was not strong enough to defeat the Nazis, but they undermined the Germans' authority long enough to throw them off balance. The feminist inquisition is looking for men to burn at the stake or sacrifice on the altar of rape culture. People often describe the cult-like hysteria the Nazis unleashed on the German people in the 1930s the same way. And feminism is unleashing a similar force onto Western women. They are promoting the hatred of the opposite sex, men. Whenever a man attempts to protect himself from the hysteria of the feminist mob, their anger is unleashed on them. When I was religious in my late teens and early twenties, this is how I felt about religion. I felt almost hatred for non-believers because they didn't validate my point of view, which was the point of view of the church. Most women today feel hate and contempt towards men that don't validate feminism and the patriarchy. If men don't apologize for the patriarchy, then they're seen as woman-haters, and this stirs up average women. I also know that when I defend male suffering in front of a woman, they often have this look on their face that says, if I had a pitchfork, I would ram it through your chest right about now. At that moment, I have to remember that I'm not looking into the eyes of a rational person with free will, but a woman that's been socially conditioned to hate certain words that I say and respond to them with certain types of scolding. Saying politically incorrect things around women that have been indoctrinated by feminism is a great way to clear the room and find yourself standing there all by yourself. For many modern-day women, feminism has become their religion. It gives them a reason to not trust men and to fear us. I hate violence and verbal abuse, yet many times when I walk down the city streets, women will look at me like I'm up to something really bad. Sometimes they look at me like I'm some kind of a monster. Women complain that they get catcalls, but men don't complain when they get dirty looks from women simply by walking down the street. I think it's mostly a form of subconscious female behavior. And I blame feminism for spreading fear and hate towards men. And I get the brunt of this behavior when I go about my daily business. Feminism also promotes the idea that women are good and have virtue and don't have to do anything to earn that virtue or the trust of men. Men should just trust them because they are harmless, selfless, and virtuous women. If I'm having a conversation with a woman, and I don't instantly trust her, then there must be something wrong with me. But many women, on the other hand, are trained by feminism to not trust men until men earn their trust. I have been burned so many times in my life by both men and women, and it takes me a few weeks or even months to trust someone enough to lower my emotional guard around them. But somehow, this is my fault. But many of the women that I've dated in my past spent many months lowering their emotional guard, and that was perfectly acceptable. And in the end, I think it's men that have more to fear from many women, rather than women fearing more from men. Well, that about does it for today's video. 
Yesterday I hit another milestone with my channel. I hit 7,000 subscribers. So thank you everyone out there for subscribing. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. Again, thank you Tommy for your donation. And thank you everyone else for taking your daily dose of red pills. So enjoy the rest of your day, and cheers.